Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, five guys. <laughs> Recorded live. Welcome to the Five Minute Major. It is I, Nick, in New York. It is the 29th of April, uh, scant two days before the Minnesota Wild kicks off its second-round series against familiar foe of the Chicago Blackhawks, the Western Conference semifinal series to begin in Chicago Friday night, followed by a game Sunday night and there on into the future. Uh, with me is the full crew tonight, plus a special guest, as we are wont to do, and this is a truly special guest. We'll get into that in a second. But first, let's go down the line here as I introduce the gentleman. Let's start with you, Mason. How are you this evening, sir? I'm doing fine. Um, that that horrible George Takei cold that that I had like for three weeks seems to be clearing up. Um, I've I'm escalated uh, health wise to uh, Elmer Fudd, so feeling good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and the Waskly Wabbits. Uh, doubles. Did you <laughs> happen to God. catch? Did you happen to catch Game Seven between the Red Wings and the Lightning this evening? I did. Uh, looks like the Lightning will advance with a 2-0 victory. Uh, that being said, uh, has the Round Two uh, Wild Blackhawks schedule come out yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Berg, Mr. Berg, can you just, just, just if you were to if you were to guess as to one word that is your sort of your catchphrase, your your sort of uh, nom de guerre word on our podcast series here. Just throw that one out there for us. Fuck. Thank you very much. (laughs) Outstanding. You read read my mind. All right, now that brings us to our special guest. It's a friend of mine, a friend of all of ours at this point, but a good friend of mine, John Fox. Uh, John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, John is is an Illinois original native. Uh, a sports fan, and um, probably uh, within my work environment, uh, the the best resource I have for being able to uh, scratch the hockey itch during the workday, and for that I'm profoundly grateful and and ever thankful. Um, So you are here this week to provide for us the Chicago Blackhawks fan perspective on this upcoming series, are you not? I, I am. I, I haven't lived there for over two decades, which I think gives me a a perspective where I don't have to live among them anymore, which is what I prefer. But I hope to offer some sort of uh, level-headed approach to what might happen. <laughs> it's it's funny. I uh, When I fly through Chicago O'Hare Airport, uh, I will typically text John a photograph of like a bag of Vintner's chips or a Chicago-style hot dog or something like that or the banner hanging from the airport ceiling a picture of, you know, Taves or Kane or whatever it is. And I don't know. It's probably annoying to you by, at this point, but I but I kind of hope it, it's my little way of, of helping you feel closer to your natural habitat. At this point, I call it a nice place to visit. <laughs> All right. 
Well, let's get into it. Uh, let's break down this upcoming series. Uh, uh, as I said originally, the Western Conference semifinal series between Minnesota and Chicago. As we all know, third straight year these two teams will meet in the playoffs or will have met in the playoffs. The first two years going decisively to Chicago, although Minnesota made some inroads last year that, uh, over what they had done managed the year before. Um, and uh, although I would say that, in fairness, uh, this is probably a little bit more even matchup, or at least the Minnesota team has come closer at least up to that Chicago level, uh, and just how close we will see when the games begin. So let's start with our let's, – let's defer to our guest this evening, gentlemen. And, and, John, just give me your sort of overall, you know, sort of 30,000-foot view perspective on the series uh, as we start out here. Okay, I – I've felt for some time now that the Wild have been playing better than anyone in the league. That shouldn't be uh, a surprising viewpoint to anybody. There are a lot of things for the Wild to feel good about. Um, And in pure hockey terms, I feel if this were played without any interference from the outside, that as of right now, the Wild would have an excellent chance of winning four out of seven. However, in these matters... There may be some outside influences, whether it's the league, the network, the forces of nature that will championship-type teams through. I don't know. This looks like this looks like a heck of a matchup up and down the line. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes a distance. I wouldn't be surprised if if they go deep into the night. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of twists and turns take place and the series takes on a life of its own. Yeah, well said. Um, Mason, your 50-word, and actually, actually for Mason, for you, your 25-word um, sort of overall thought on the series. <laughs> 2,500, got it. Um, so, John, I have a, a, a close friend who, who's also from Illinois, uh, and he's been, so since he's native, he's, been a Hawks fan, you know, his entire life. So not just 2005 when pretty much everybody else seemed to jump on board for the Hawks bandwagon. Um, And so I, I truly, you know, value his kind of temperature of, of the the team and, you know, his kind of uh, aspect on, on our series. I I don't want to say rivalry because I don't, I think all of us would agree. It's not quite there yet. Not, not until we, we actually do something in the playoffs, but anyway, um, especially lately, but his one thing that he kind of falls back to, if if he's got to criticize the Hawks at all, um, it's the it's the penchant for the defense, like these you know superstar defenders, really that that often they just make some kind of boneheaded defensive errors that kind of get them into trouble. Um, luckily, you know, obviously their 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 offense offense is potent enough to kind of make up for it. So winning, you know, five four games instead of five to two games, that sort of thing. Um, is is there anything that you can lend to to that kind of idea that, yeah, you know, you got Duncan Keith back there, and you know he's one of the best um, all around defenders in the league for sure, if not the world. And but sometimes he, you know, I've seen especially lately just some kind of boneheaded moves. Um, w- w- what can you, you know, tell us from from your perspective? Uh, confirm or deny or, or, or anything like that, I'd be interested to hear. I think you've hit touch on a real key point, that their defense core 
has aged considerably, I think, in the past couple of years. They basically used four and a half defensemen against Nashville and were very fortunate to be able to get away with it. I think Keith feels like he has to do everything, especially when, when he's paired with Roosevelt. And, <laughs> That's uh, the other thing he keeps harping on is, is Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, I I believe that the Hawks sometimes get trapped into thinking that they're still in 2010. With the personnel they have, especially on defense, I think they have to sort of play disciplined defensive style first and try to get breakouts and stretch passes because if they try to go up and down with the Wild, I think they could, for some of the reasons you're describing and others, they, they might get run out of the, of the building mm-hmm. in this series. Um, so I, I'm, I'm seeing what you're seeing. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Mason, before we move past you, not that we could ever actually move past you, but in the context of this round of the show, I'm saying, um, do you have a, um, a sort of a overall perspective on the series? I, I do. I think um, I think that could be, you know, the the, the defense could be an interesting storyline um, if if that kind of uh, questionable if, or maybe stressed kind of defense, uh, as, as, John, uh, as John kind of mentioned it. Um, if that plays out, I, I think that could be an interesting storyline. Um, really, I, I, I think the two other things that, that will come down is, is whether or not there is any goalie drama with, um, with Crawford and Darling um, versus, you know, Dubnik, who's been nothing but um, the obvious number one, you know, and without any question. So, um, you know, I, I think I think you know Crawford kind of figured out figured it out to to eliminate the the, the predators, and it gives the Hawks um, like uh, you know unquestionable um, judgment in going with Crawford at least to start the the series. You know, uh, so it'll be interesting if anything continues to happen there, and then uh, and then otherwise, it's for me it's the uh, the the secondary and tertiary scoring if. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people think kind of Chicago is like a one or two line um, team for scoring. That is, and and you know the Wild Wild have shown that that they're they're really deep. Um, any of those lines can can chip in. So it'll, those are the three things that I'm looking at. Yeah. All right, doubles. Let's continue to go to run Johnny through the gauntlet here. Um, do you have a question for him on the Hawks' perspective? Um. Yeah. First off, I. I would agree with John on one point that outside influences are going to be a big part of this, and uh, the influence, the outside influences I see that are going to impact this uh, come in the name of Bob Suter and J.P. Pizzi looking down on their boys from above. Um, I, I think there's a little something different with this wild team, and I think that is just a part of the, the whole storyline. Um, so I, I, am with John on the outside influences, but those are the ones that I think are going to be real relevant here. Um, getting back to the point about the, about the Chicago defensemen, uh, and I know there is a, a triple overtime game that's going to kind of skew the curve here a little bit, but Duncan Keith averaging over 32 minutes time on ice per game. Uh, next is Johnny Oduya with twenty, just under twenty-six minutes. Uh, Who is he? Oduya. Sorry, <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, 
Is is there any chance of Keith uh, maybe uh, wearing the uh, tire tread a little thin here at all? I would say with most other defensemen, yes, but in his case, no, unless he just takes such a physical beating over the course of a series. Um, I don't see it. Um, I think the rest of them could, could, like Seabrook. Actually, the only two I feel really comfortable about are Keith and Chalmerson. Other than that, I think age has caught up with them and... I, they're great to have their veteran presence. You need it, but I just don't think they're the team that they were on that side of things even a couple of years ago. Johnny, yeah, do you think? Go ahead, go ahead, Doug. Oh, sorry. Do you think there's any chance that this is, you know, as we've mentioned, this is the third year in a row these two teams have met? Is there any chance the Hawks just kind of expect to walk through this and beat the Wild because they're the Hawks and we're the Wild? I would say absolutely not. Uh, I think that they, watching their playoff series over the past several years, there are times when they feel they're better and they can sort of get through them with guile um, and experience like what happened with Nashville because I felt Nashville carried the play for a lot of it. And I felt it was that way with in the Wild Series last year when I thought I was Wild just, I was I was yeah. just going to mention that when you said when you started down that path. I thought they dominated most of the play and just peppered Crawford and just didn't didn't get it done, but could very well have. In this case, I think the Wild have their full attention, and I think they're going to get the Hawks best. And I I really believe the Hawks look at this like they did with the Bruins and the Kings in the past were trying to score on them even more than once a game is like solving a riddle and what, and really honing in to a very detailed level on what they have to do to win this series, which I think will be fascinating. It's going to be a, to me, a big chess match on both sides and really fascinating to watch from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. John, I, I didn't, I confess I did not watch every second of the Chicago uh, Nashville series. Was it a particularly physical series? I would not expect that it was, but I didn't see it. No, it was it was a speed series. Yeah. And Especially I think if they had Weber, if they had Weber, and if it were not for the miraculous performance by Scott Darling, I don't know if the Hawks would have gotten through it. Hmm. Huh. All right, Mike, you're up. Uh, what do you? Uh, oh, actually, first, uh, doubles. What's your sort of highline perspective on the series? Um, I, I think in in years past, I think this would have been a kind of a case where it was kind of the storyline would be going into the playoffs would be about the teams the Wild doesn't want to play. And I know we kind of hit on as the matchups were starting to take shape coming down the stretch of the schedule. Um, you know, I think a lot of us didn't want to see St. Louis or necessarily Anaheim. Um, but I think this Wild team has kind of got a chip on its shoulder, and I think they kind of wanted a piece of Chicago. Mm. And I, I'm real interested to see how how that plays out. I think I think the Wild wants Chicago, and I think they're going to give the Hawks all they want and more out of this series. Mm. Okay, uh, Mr. Berg. 
Do you have a, um, a question you would like to pose to John Fox? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I kind of want to build on what, what Doubles was just saying. You know, it was two years ago, you know, the Wild backed into the playoffs, and I, I think the the collective narrative among fans was the Blackhawks? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and and last year it was like, all right, we beat the Avalanche. Now we got to fuck Blackhawks. <laughs> And you no, know, now this year, I, I I really think the attitude you know among the fans is, oh, all right, the Blackhawks, yeah, you, know, you know, we we got this. Um, and and just just from a, a fan's perspective, John, I'm just kind of curious, you know, what you know, it, and and you kind of touched on this already, but just kind of as a fan, you know, how has your attitude toward facing this team changed over the last few years? I'm, and, and and I'm sure you, you've kind of felt the same way about other teams like the Blues. Yeah, I believe the the Hawks play the Blues two years in a row. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm or no, 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 you didn't. But you know, the, the the I think the Hawks have played the Blues you know a significant number of times. So I'm you know I'm sure your attitude you know towards a team kind of changes from year to year based on what you're seeing. Yeah, well said, Berg. Yeah, in the style. The style <laughs> <way> you can. <laughs> style. Well, I, I actually talked to Nick about this a lot. That I've for the past two years, especially, I felt the Wild have been in a direction uh, where they can go as far, not as far as they want to go, but I would, I would say their ceiling is to win the whole thing, and that. I routinely will tell Nick how much I respect how the Wild play, what they've got going, and he he can't really confirm that as a homer because it's bad luck. But I, from my standpoint, I um, this is a team that if it stays together, no one will ever want to play them in, in a long series uh, because there's just the frustration level of where there's no space on the ice the speed, the depth, uh, everything else, that they're they're going to give teams probably they they might be the toughest matchup left in the league with the exception of the Rangers. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, ultimately, it, it might come down to you know you see this in other sports um, where there are. Tennis is a a good example where you have battle-tested champions, and to dethrone them, you have to go through a process, and there's no guarantee. But you really have to, you really have to lay it all on the line to get it done. And if if the that to me is the big mystery of the series, whether the Wild can actually cross the finish line, Um, because I think they have everything else in place to do this. Yeah, and and I I I think that's I think that's spot on. I actually completely agree with that. Um, and and I think Mason touched on this a little bit, and, and so did you. Um, you know, but I I think I said, or you know, when we talked earlier in the week, what I said uh, to these other guys was that you know I, I really think that the Wild and the Blackhawks both have tremendous depth up and down the lineup. 
and one of our one of our writers who i mean the guy's just a machine he he writes so much but he actually previewed the series from the perspective of a wild fan and and he gave the forwards the edge to the wild and i don't know if i really agree with that i think that the top end for the hawks is higher than the top end for the wild but i definitely think that our bottom six forwards ceiling is is significantly better than the bottom six for the Hawks. And and maybe I'm being a homer by saying that, but uh, I'm just kind of curious if, if you'd be willing to kind of handicap what, what our, what our fellow writer wrote and, and maybe, you know, tell me I'm full of shit here with, with my assessment of the, the forwards. Yeah. I, I think, I think Kane Taves, Hosa, that those guys can, can reach a level that maybe the top six of the wild can't. Um, yes. And of course, yeah, Bickle, will probably be, and Bickle will be on the second line most likely. Mm. Uh, the, the interesting part about the bottom two lines for the Hawks is that I, I can't give you an accurate assessment because they're probably going to put guys in there for whom they've traded in the past month or two or have been called up. Like Vermette is going to center the third line. Desjardins is going to be on the fourth line. And Teravainen, I think, is going to be on the third line. So hmm. it, it'll, we don't know how they're all going to mesh together, which could be an advantage for the Wild, or it could click. Uh, it's hard to say because Vermette has not really lived up to his billing as of yet. That's but he kind, that was kind of you to say it like that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was Dubnik's teammate, though. I don't know if that's an advantage or a disadvantage. but um, That's true. Uh, maybe he can help to solve the riddle. Who knows? <laughs> so, in other words, it, it sort of feels like uh, uh, um, the Hawks are Clint Eastwood in the line of fire, in in the line of fire, and the Wild is John Malkovich. <laughs> is, is that essentially what you're going for, Bergie? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's exactly. <laughs> We're gonna have yeah. plastic pistols in, in this series, or what? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Johnny, I got a question for you. I mean. Um, the 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 Bickle thing is uh, one part sideshow, but another equal part terrifying because it's just it's it's a it's a piece that you you know how do you how do you game plan for that if you're Mike Yo and you know with we just came out of the series with St Louis obviously and essentially we didn't dedicate a guy or even two guys really to shadowing Tarasenko. And he lit us up for you know six out of the fourteen goals that the Blues scored in the series. However, we won the series. So Bickle is what he is. He's a he's a I think he's a sort of a high second tier power forward. And you could, you're obviously free to disagree with that. Um, with the potential maybe to be even a low top tier power forward, uh, unless he's playing the Wild. So is is this series for Minnesota? I mean, to what extent if you're Mike Yo? Would you dedicate assets to try and shut down Brian Bickle? Uh, I I wouldn't put any extra assets. I uh, I wouldn't put any extra attention on him. I think the Wild are good enough with their nor- with their base play to deal with him. I think he was a beneficiary uh, in the years past of being on a line with Taves and Kane. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually think that. Taves, Kane, and Henry might do well uh, in in a a playoff series. But uh, what's been 
theorized here in the past couple of days is that uh, Versteeg might get scratched and you might have a line of uh, Kane, Bickle, and Richards as your second line. And I, I think I think the Wild can deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As is. Uh, All right. Since you, go ahead. Since since you mentioned Richards, is he going to bounce back in this series? Do you think? And I would also um, I would also pose that same question um, to to Vermette. He uh, you know he finally scored his first goal not just playoff goal uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks after, you know, trade, you know, um, trade deadline. What, what the hell is going on with that guy? Maybe that's just a question. So for both of those guys, what the hell is going on for those guys? I think, uh, I think Richards at this point is a tremendous, I mean, obviously has tremendous experience, but I think he, even though he had that highlight goal, Speed-wise against Nashville, I, I think at his age he struggles in, in a high-paced game. From, from sure. what I've seen, I may be dead wrong, but I, that, that's what I see. And I, I think I think the Wild could potentially run circles around him if it gets up and down. Well, the guys, the guy since winning with Tampa, winning the Cup of Tampa, he's been on uh, literally 45 teams. So yeah, there's got to be something to that. Um, you know, every year that goes by, if it's just chipping away at his his ability to to uh, impact the game, I, I don't know. I, I think there's something to that. I, I think he could impact the game only because he'll be out there with Bickle and Kane. Yeah, uh, he'll he'll be yeah. an afterthought and might be able to um, pick up some of the some rebound or or just sort of I guess facilitate the other two and and keep his defensive responsibilities. Hmm. As far as Vermette, I think it's a difficult situation coming into a team that has such um, such a history together and, and trying to trying to fit in to a, a probably a very different system than what he was used to at, at Arizona. A good system? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, with, and with guys who have have been there. They've tried him with Sharp. They've they've tried him in a number of spots, but it Joel has a way of tinkering just enough to, to find uh, to find things that work. I just hope it doesn't take too long for them to figure it out in this series with the Wild being an elite road team and really an, an unforgiving opponent from the yeah. first puck drop. Yeah, I would say yeah. with Vermette, too, that um, the only people saying that he was brought in to replace Kane are the media, and that is incredible, uh, uh, incredibly unfair, and I highly doubt the, the, the Blackhawks nor Vermette you okay. know, would, would, would say that, or nor Kane, for that matter, would, would say that, yeah, Vermette's here to replace Kane. And I don't think anybody in the organization would say that, but you got to think that, you know, that's pressure on Vermette, even if he doesn't believe it. You know, he he knows that everyone else is supposed to believe it. Yeah, the, yeah. the Hawks played that one very well, used, um, putting Kane so that the salary wasn't applied anymore. But I, I think that the, the deal was made primarily to tell the rest of the, the team that even with Kane hurt, that they're still going to try to win the title. 
That's great. Yeah. yeah. And if, if they're they're behind this group who's given them, you know, given them everything. I mean, I emptied the tank for them, I'd say, the last seven years, and that the organization wasn't going to spare any expense to to give them every chance. And uh, it'll be, it, I mean, the playoffs are a long haul. You, you never know when something will click. Yeah. And, and a line may work. It, it that that's uh, this yeah. could be a two week process, and over that two weeks, we could see a lot of stuff happen. So I, that'll be interesting to watch. All right, Johnny. So you survived the gauntlet from us. Do you have any questions back to us, either individually or collectively? No, but I would just caution you on. Uh, something that I went through 25 years ago that I still haven't gotten over because the situation has flipped and it reminds me a lot of this potentially where when I, I grew up, my first Hawks series I remember was in the early 80s when the King Richard Brodeur stole that series from the Hawks and that put me on a bad path the rest of the decade. <laughs> but, but, but what really sealed it was uh, in 90 I felt that the Hawks were the better team against Edmonton. Um, mm. Much of the way I mm-hmm. feel like the Wild feel, could feel against the Hawks. Yeah. And Mark Messier totally dominated that series. And so the, the championship pedigree of the Oilers got it done. And I I don't know if that's going to reverse this time, but the, the situation is similar to me. Uh, and you never know if someone like Caves could just all of a sudden take it into his own hands yeah. and be the difference. So I reach down I, and get a I, handful. Yeah, so, something <laughs> something like that could could take place, um, and it would be crushing because I, I still haven't gotten over mine. It's twenty five years later, so um, be alert to that possibility. Well, we're certainly used to that. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that you know Preezy could have that you know same impact uh, if you know if it comes down to it. But for an entire series, I, I don't know. I, I I certainly believe that that Taves has that ability to steal a series or not steal, but um, drive a series. I don't see I see Preezy taking over individual games, but I don't know if he can. I don't know if he would do that. At, at, at that macro of a level that Taves can. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we had done a thing mm-hmm. to, uh, earlier today, John, on the website uh, asking people to send in questions that they wanted us to send to you. And it, I'm just sorting through these right now, and it looks like we actually hit them. Um, uh, one specifically wanted to get more perspective on the Wild from the Blackhawks perspective. It looks like you've given us that, I would say, Uh and uh, there was one guy, uh, our buddy goes by Fell96, uh, Felix, uh, who just wanted a shout-out. So there, there you go, buddy. Um, so uh, in the absence of other – anybody have any other specific last questions for John? Okay. Well, how about this? How about we do – You guys, I'll give you guys a choice. Would you rather we do sort of break down – um, which team has the advantage on the topics of coach, forwards, defensive goalies, or do you just want to do series picks or neither? You can choose one of the three. Mm. 
Um, I how about um the first with uh, oh. coach, defense, goalie, etc. Okay. Uh, six six yeah. interest me. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go down. Uh, we're gonna start with uh coaching. Then we're gonna go forwards, then defense, then goaltending. And and as per uh, Mike's question earlier, we're gonna do all forwards. Uh, at the same time, all D, all, and then whatever the G is, one or two. Uh, so, and all you need to tell me is which team you think has the advantage, uh, obviously on paper, uh, but as of this point. So, starting with coaching, Mason. Uh, Chicago. I love you. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to just say one word, right? Chicago. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Double. Bush. No, wrong. you got to pick one. <laughs> Bush. Don't, t- don't tell me wrong. I just did. <laughs> I, I, God, I, I, I'm not allowed to do like puzzle. I'm not allowed to call the coaching match a push. Are you a fucking fine. referee here? Push. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's a hook and a dive. Nice call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Mike. Mike, coaching. Q. Yep. Johnny Fox. Chicago. Yeah, I say Chicago, too. All right, four words. Mason. Oh, I got to say Chicago. Doubles, do I even want to ask? Fox. <laughs> uh, Bergie. Uh, Blackhawks. Foxy. Blackhawks. Yeah, I got to say Chicago, too. That was fun. All right, defense, Mason. I'm going to go wild on that one. Doubles. Wild. Berg. Wild. I'm sensing Fox. a pattern here. Yeah, Foxy. Agreed, wild. Mm. Yep, and I'll make that five for five on the wild on defense. And finally, goaltending, Mason. This is going to be an interesting one. I'm I'm sticking with Dubnik. Wild, eh? Dubs? Dubs. <laughs> Mike? I have to agree, Wild. Wow, okay. John Fox? I'd say, to me, this is the biggest Wild card. Uh, as, as of right now, I would say Wild, but Crawford has the potential to to be heroic as well. Yeah, boy. He has the experience. Mm-hmm. So tough to pick a pick a guy in his second playoff series over a guy with a Stanley Cup on his resume. So tough. But I'm gonna but, go back. I'm gonna go back to a recent play, and I'm gonna say Wild also. What, uh, John? What's your final answer? To use a horrible phrase. <laughs> My final answer <laughs> is the Wild as of as of this moment. Okay. Um. All right, very interesting. So uh, let's go. So did to we Rumble. all just agree on everything? No, we didn't, because doubles put a push out for the coaching. Oh, God damn it, doubles! Well, hey. I guess I guess uh, that's, our, that, <laughs> that's our tension there. Ooh. <laughs> I disagreed with one thing. <laughs> okay, so uh, th- th- this has been a really interesting look, I think, uh, at the series, and we certainly preach. Appreciate John, you coming on and and giving us your perspective as a non-Minnesota fan. 
Um, so before we leave, uh, let's do some final thoughts. And as our special guest, John, we'll start with you. Final thoughts or buckle up. Um, I've already begun to self-medicate just shy of 48 hours before puck drop. <laughs> and will likely continue, con- uh, or will, it will be a continuous process for the next two weeks. Um, purely in hockey terms, I say wild and six. Uh, I think the the reality of the situation, Blackhawks and seven and a thriller. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, Mr. Berg, your final thought. Uh, I said this before. Uh, I wrote this the other day. I really think that the Wild have gone through a, a, quite an ordeal this season. I think that that has colored uh, their perception on things. Uh, they beat a team that had their number so many times for so long in the Blues. Um, they were able to go into Nashville, and people said they wouldn't be able to win in Nashville, and Parisian company gave everyone the finger and said, we're going to fucking win in, Chicago, in the Nashville, and they did. Um, I, I think that this is a team that really believes in itself right now, and I think that that's a, a powerful thing going on and and I really do think that the Wild are just going to go into this series and they're going to say history be damned we're going to take this and and I got to say Wild in six okay doubles you got a final thought or is that a push too buddy <laughs> tell you what you might say that over a podcast but I dare you to say it by God standing in front of me <laughs> um, I like the fact that the Wild are 2-0, and undefeated 2-0 and uh, in the AD era against the Blackhawks. That is after Doobie, as I like to call it. Um, in fact, Nick, I believe you've witnessed both of those games in person. That is and correct. And I would put the first game uh, with Doobie at the XL I would put that in one of their top three regular season performances of the entire season. If Maybe not, ever. If not, yes. I, yes, exactly. That was one of the best efforts I've seen out of this team from start to finish. Um, I think they played very well in Chicago in the last week of the season. And uh, I, I think as long as Doobie holds up, they are going to have a really good chance of winning this. And, I love Doobie's comments after the St. Louis series wrapped up where he said, we feel like this is exactly where we're supposed to be. I I love that kind of, I don't think it was boastful or bragging. I I love the the confidence. When it's your guy that you like, it's confidence, right? You know, if it's it's somebody else on another team that you don't like, he's an arrogant prick. Um, But... I, I do like the the confidence that this team has going right now, and it starts from the net out. Um, so I really uh, – and I think something else that we've kind of glossed over a little bit, the team the Wild knocked out in six games in the first round, St. Louis, that was a pretty damn good team in the regular season. Yeah. And uh, the Wild was able to dispatch them in six. So I – I, it's, like I said, it's, it's going to come down to Doobie. If Doobie doesn't fall apart, I think the Wild win six. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, and uh, in terms of equal time, uh, Chicago knocked off a pretty good regular season team, too, this season as well. But, uh, uh, but yeah, your point is well taken. Um, Mason, final thought. Um, I, I'm, I'm sticking to those, those same points that, that, um, that I mentioned earlier, uh, the storylines of, of Dude Mick. You know, basically I'll just echo everything that um, Dubs just said without saying all those same words all, all over again. Um, Thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You're you're welcome, everyone. All of our moms are listening and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then uh, w- how our secondary and tertiary scores stack up to each other. And um, I mean, I, I I think I think you know John said it really well just by simply uttering you know buckle up. This, this series is is going to be a blast. So um, those are my final thoughts. Well, I've got a I've got a final thought that's right up John Fox's alley. Um, February twenty first, two thousand sixteen. That's next February twenty first. TCF Bank Stadium, Minnesota Wild host the Chicago Blackhawks in a stadium series matchup. Uh, there's Stanley Cup ratings, which are obviously important, but there's also middle of the winter end of football season, pre-March Madness season, uh, try to steal ratings when no, very few people outside of hockey cities give a fuck about hockey. So I wonder if any desire, which is natural, to set up a Hawks uh, a run here in the playoffs is at least somewhat mitigated by a in a, in a separate vacuum, a desire to set up the Wild as a national TV draw heading into the stadium series for next year. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, that bodes well for the Wild, in my opinion. Um, uh, the Wild is not a contender until they beat the team that's beaten them handily in the last two playoffs. I think this team is more able of doing able to of doing that than certainly the previous two teams, maybe the two te- previous two teams combined. Um, and uh, I think they have, as I've said before in this space and others, I think the Wild will, at least subconsciously, has been gearing up to take another run at Chicago. Uh, I think they're relatively healthy, and I think this could be their year. So I'm going to say Wild, but in seven, uh, and uh, I mostly because I want one more chance to hear that absolutely amazing anthem in Chicago uh, during this, during this, and it really any time, but uh, certainly during this series. So there you have it. Wild Hawks Western Conference semifinals as broken down by Jared Mason, doubles Mike Berg, special guest John Fox. Thanks again for joining us, Johnny, and myself, Nick in New York. Everybody have a good night, and we will talk to you soon. And the other side.